Hi, everyone. This is the One Life Radio podcast after the broadcast. Today, our topic is depression and suicide. I'm here in studio with Sean Wells. He is a certified sports nutritionist and fellow through the very prestigious, the International Society of Sports Nutrition. He has been dubbed the world's greatest formulator, and he has credentials in the fields of business clinical work, sports, exercise, and nutrition, making for a unique and highly respected blend of expertise as CEO of Zone Halo Research. He is also a registered dietitian and has his Master's of Public Health in Nutritional Biochemistry. Check out his site, seanwells.com, and Instagram at Zone Halo. Okay, so, uh, you know, welcome to the fourth podcast after the broadcast, Sean Wells. Uh, love having you in studio to do this. Uh, we just got off the air with you, and we talked about the ketogenic diet and depression. So uh, I guess this is a nice little uh, segue into the topic of depression and suicide today. So tell us your story. So why did you want to talk about suicide today? Yeah, I appreciate you letting me talk about this. This is something that... Um I feel like has been on my heart for a long time. And um, really when two of my icons, uh, you know, I, you, we love music. Of and, course. Uh, and I'm a big fan. I always have been of uh, Chester Bennington from mm-hmm. Lincoln Park and Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, Audio Slave. Uh, two amazing vocalists, mm-hmm. brilliant people. And um, them killing themselves back to back, maybe related to their relationship, Um you know, brought back a lot of thoughts for myself when I was dealing with pretty intense depression and thoughts of suicide. And, um, you know, it's, it's things that I think a lot of us suppress and, and it's just something that I wanted to, to be cognizant of, think about, talk about. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people are going through these thoughts. So, You know, my, the thought that I had with, when you're talking about this is this has got to be more difficult. And maybe this is a sexist statement, but mm-hmm. I believe that men maybe have more difficulty with this than women do because women get to go to their girlfriends and cry. A woman can cry and say, I'm so depressed or so this happened or that happened. And it's more socially acceptable of a, of a man uh, is to act like that. People um, are like, what's wrong with him? You know, right? A, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Men... We are trained that anything uh, we do, like where we communicate our feelings, we're gay. And, you know, it's the mask of masculinity, like that we always have to wear, that we have to be, um, you know, just womanizing and playing sports and Mm -hmm. whatever. And like, what is a man like? And, you know, we see all these movies with, you know, Thor and Captain America and whatever. This is a man. You have to be muscles and whatever. And if if you're artistic, if you're thin, if you're, you know, someone who's emotional, if you're someone who likes to dance, then you're gay, you're gay, you're Mm -hmm. gay, you're gay, you're Mm -hmm. gay, you're gay. And it's true. And it's, it's hard. It's so hard. Uh, I think as men, we feel uh, often alone. And there's a lot of those pressures. I know my dad, um, you know, that generation, um, especially those that had like been in wars, Mm -hmm. been in military, they couldn't communicate well they they were very stoic they would just drink because that's the only way they knew how to deal with very difficult emotions yeah i mean again like even psychotherapy uh, again uh, men they have a a less of a tendency to seek help through a professional right yeah yeah exactly there's probably 
a tenth as many men that, that go to psychotherapy. And, and, and we need it. We need it. We all need it. We all need to talk, like you said, to our friends. And sometimes we need someone who's an objective third party to talk to about this stuff, especially when it's deep you know, dark feelings that right. sometimes you don't feel comfortable sharing to anyone else. Right. Like, cause they might, there might be judgment and you want to be in a, a judgment free zone because some of the stuff that you're dealing with, like maybe, maybe you're suicidal because you've been molested. Maybe you're suicidal because you're gay and you don't want to tell anyone. Maybe you're suicidal because, you know, all, a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, there's tremendous pressure on men too to perform financially that in itself uh if you're if you're failing in that area can be absolutely devastating for a man it really can more so than a woman again because a woman generally speaking uh is the nurturer uh, and the caretaker not the breadwinner and so men have that additional pressure as well and you know it's it's i still you know i saw chris cornell in in a concert about five years ago we were together yeah we were there together (laughs) i forgot you know and when i heard that he had killed himself right after a concert within like what an hour after he yeah. performed yeah my mind was blown so how do you go from performing on a stage and then uh, you know just going and killing yourself and especially hanging yourself i don't i don't i don't know it's very perplexing well i think it's the it's the highs and lows of i think that like they've already shown that like young people in particular feel things more intensely so it's not just, oh, like, you know, young people committing suicide, young people faking depression. No, it's they feel things mm-hmm. more intensely. Mm-hmm. And same with, I think, artists that put themselves out there that they don't have the many layers. Right. They're just literally bearing their soul in their music and their art form. And you put it out there and you get the feedback of the crowd. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you go, especially you think about these comedians and these um, these musicians and people like that, that go from that incredible high of all this energy and putting yourself out there to then going to a hotel room and being alone. Yeah. Not having your family and just think about like how low that can be at times and that. That swing, that emotional swing. It's got to be, as you, you know, you talked about this with keto and depression. That has to be like a chemical or hormonal imbalance in the brain because there's, there's no way you could, you could change gears that quickly. You know, we all have times where we get depressed. I mean, uh, you know, to, uh, there's always tomorrow, you know, the old expression, this too shall pass. Right. Uh, and you do have to remember that. But this is beyond that. When someone can go, like you said, to such extremes. Right. So quickly, there's something very wrong going on in the brain. And what were you, you said there was a link, uh, no pun intended, between the Lincoln Park lead singer, um, Chester Bennington, absolutely, Uh between he and Chris Cornell. They were best friends. I knew that. Right. Um, And so is there anything else that's been discovered? Well, Chris Cornell hung himself um, and basically on the day of his death, a year later, Chester, who worshipped him. Right. Right. committed suicide the exact yeah, same right. way on the same day. That's right. And, uh, you know, it's so sad because both of them had families, children, you know, all of this. And, and you know, we're all like, why would they do this? Like, they were so rich. They had all this, you know, they were talented. They mm-hmm. had they had the life. And that's the thing. Like, it, it's not about how much money you're making. It's not about um, all these kinds of things. It's It's it can be something that's completely unseen. So when we make judgments about people, 
oh, they're rich, they have it all. You know, that you don't know what that person's going through. You mm-hmm. don't know what they're dealing with and that they might kill themselves that day. And certainly drugs can play a factor into that. Um, a lot of these guys are using uh, drugs to deal with pain and depression. Right. Well, Chris Cornell, he relapsed on opioids, right? Right, right. And that's that's a recipe for disaster with, with depression and suicide. Um, absolutely. So o- opioids can play into suicidal thoughts big time. Well, you know, uh, so I want to hear your personal story. So yeah. um, what what happened? What happened? At what point in your life did you really want to commit suicide? And I have to ask, you know, I feel like I know you well. I mean, we've been on the air together for five years. We've hung out together. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel that way? Yeah. That makes me really sad, seriously. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever not feel that way at times. Um, I think... What's at the root of it? Like your childhood? Yeah. um, Not feeling good enough. Um, No matter how much I accomplish, um, I have uh, imposter syndrome where I just feel like I don't deserve to be where I'm at. Um, Well, I think a lot of people suffer from that, especially as they grow. I mean, I feel that way sometimes, but you know, uh, gosh, I just, I mean, I really, I really, I really hate thinking that. It's like, I don't know, you know, and I I think back, I'm kind of flustered right now because I, I mean, I'm kind of shocked by what you just told me. I really am because you seem so confident and so happy. You've got a wonderful wife, you know, um, so many people love you. You've helped so many people. Uh, you're certainly not an imposter. And so, um, you know, it's hard for me to understand, really, even though I know I kind of understand because, I, like I just said, I kind of feel that way sometimes. Like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Because I think as you achieve a lot of success, and I've already had a lot of success, but this is a different industry I'm in now. And entertainment is different very much than, than the, even the business that you're in. But I guess it crosses all industries, all barriers. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I think I dealt with uh, a lot of insecurity uh, growing up. Um, I was abused and picked on. Um, and it, it just it led to me. I'm going to kick feeling... somebody's ass. <laughs> That's what I want to do when I hear yeah. when I hear stuff like that. Um, it was just it was hard. Um, it was hard. And my 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 brothers were as well. And um like family abuse you're speaking of from a parent, I'm guessing. Um, and and maybe it's too personal to put out there, but um, yeah, I can see why you would be somewhat damaged. Uh, and people don't realize um, the importance of childhood and mm-hmm. protecting our children from abuse, uh, especially from a parent. Um, you know, yesterday... Um, Donna Hilton was on the show, A Little Piece of Light. Her, She's the author of a book, and she was abused as a child. Her father, or excuse me, her mother uh, put her in boiling water, scalding water, uh, burnt her, cut her, whipped her, all these things. And from that, she was sold uh, in New York City to a, a, a couple. And as she got a couple years older, then the gentleman raped her daily for three years. And the reason I'm bringing this up is, you know, then she went from that to another violent a relationship when she ran away from home at 14 and fell into the arms of another violent person, people that she thought she could trust over and over again. And she was she, and she spent 27 years in prison. And yet 
all of this that she's been through, somehow she became extremely spiritual and overcame it and persevered and is now out there trying to educate and help other people. And so I don't know what, what is that switch in another person? One person can overcome another person can't. No, I, I think, you know, the reality is 95% of the time I've, I've overcome it. And that's probably my why, why I care so deeply about people is because I've dealt with adversity and I've dealt with my own mental health and, and insecurity and I want to make people healthier, happier. Uh, but there's always that 5% of the time that like insecurity and imposter syndrome and perfectionism and, and chaos just creeps in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure it's the same with, with Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington. When you watch their, their videos, like you watch their behind-the-scene takes, I mean, people say, like, how amazing they were, how friendly they were, how brilliant they were, how interactive they were. And it just, I think for people that feel the highest highs, they feel the lowest lows, too. I mm-hmm. think just chemically that's where I'm at. I, I think I'm, a, I'm an empath. I'm an intuit. Yeah. And I just, I've never been like a F you, I do my own thing mm-hmm. type of person. No, I'm, I'm like, the same. how are you feeling? Yeah. Because I want to help you. Yeah, I'm the same way. And so a lot of my energy is taken from other people. And um, I just, I feel things more intensely. And when I'm alone, I feel very alone. And that's a lot of times, like speaking of when I travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go through the same thing. I, you know, I might speak somewhere and I get the high of helping all these people and speaking in front of a crowd, but then I'm alone in a hotel room in some other country and I just, horrible thoughts can creep into your head sometimes. Yeah. No, I think of Sylvia Plath who wrote, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the book, but I saw a quote in another book just the other day and it was about suicide and it said something along the lines, I wish I could have told Sylvia Plath that there's always tomorrow, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow, you know, just like from the, from the musical Annie. And I think so many people get caught up in the moment and can't shake free of their past. I mean, I didn't have the perfect upbringing. I had a lot of things happen in my life. Um, and I've been really depressed before too, where I wanted to die because the pain was so intense Mm-hmm. And my dear friend Ines, uh, and it was it was uh, it was after the first time I got divorced, and my family was blown apart. and uh, And I'm not going to go into a lot of details, but I was devastated, devastated that being and, and growing up Italian, I'm like the family girl. I was the family girl. I I was the the matriarch of the family. Still, kind of am. Uh, um, and it was extremely painful for me. And I wanted to die. I just could not take it anymore. It was my friend, Ines, who just passed away about 11 months ago, who would say to me in her beautiful little accent, Bernie, you've got to get up, Bernie. I think of the, the movie Bambi. I'm trying to bring a little light here. Get up, Bambi. You must get up. You know what the scene I'm talking about mm-hmm. in the woods where yeah. the father tells Bambi to get up? And I think we all go through times like that in our life. Um, what determines who rises above that or who doesn't? Uh, you know, I, I think it's a question everyone would like to know the answer to. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, see, so. I want to help you right now. Like, I want to counsel. Say, Sean, you're the best. You're, the, you know, f depression and 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 f suicidal thoughts and all of that that goes along with it. Because, um, he, well, well, I, I appreciate that. And, I mean it. And here, here's my advice that I would give to to anyone that wants to help someone around them that might be thinking these thoughts is like, we're all, we're all so close to it. Like you think that suicide is just 
uh, something for, you know, some emo kid who's like on the fringe, who doesn't have any friends. But like I just said, these are like Anthony Bourdain, some of the most popular, oh my gosh, what a brilliant shock. people in the world are dealing with these things. Yeah. And quite often I know because I have such a high standard for myself that I can fall short mm-hmm. because I've set the bar so ridiculously high that I feel like a failure a lot of the time. Well, you know, I and have to, someone outside looking in yeah. might be like, oh, you know, he's got all this stuff. Like he's accomplished get, all these things. But like it's hard when you're a driven person. Sometimes right. you beat yourself into the ground. Yeah. You're your own worst enemy. Well, again, I think this is something that's more common in men than women because I'm very driven. Always have been extreme perseverance. But I think I have the, I don't think I know I have this attitude one day at a time, if you're working towards a goal and you're doing it with the right spirit and the right intent, um, focused on what it is you're trying to do and not the money that you'll make because of it. And I'm not saying that you're doing that, but most men have to right. because they are providers. They're expected to succeed and make it to the top. And when you're a millionaire, then you then you you know you want to be a billionaire, and right. you know, and it's a lot of pressure to put on men, right. and it doesn't create happiness. No, not at all. And. You know, that's probably the first question as a man I get, like, you know, after someone knows your name, they're like, what do you do? Right. What do you do? And then it's, uh, well, if I can just say the words, I guess I can swear. Yeah, you can swear. Dick measuring. You know, basically it's dick measuring where it's like, I want to feel better about myself and know like how much money you make or how much uh, respect you have at your position. And it's like, you know, if they say, uh, I'm a bartender and then you say, oh, good. Like, I'm better than you. Wow. You know, and it just feels like that a lot. Instead of being like, oh, bartender, that's cool. Like, you know, like, what people do you meet? Are you passionate about Mm -hmm. it and being happy for them? Mm -hmm. Because they do. No, we're insecure. Yeah. And we attack each other. And, you know, it's just like women are with with beauty quite often Mm -hmm. or number of children or, you know, things like that. Like with men, it's just how much money do you make? What is your job? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's your entire self-worth. There's nothing about you that's of worth beyond that. Yeah. Like, no, hey, you're are, so you, right on. are you a good person? Do you like, yep. put good energy out there? Do you exercise? Do you have good friends? Are you a good are you artist? A good, like, are you a good husband? Are right. you a good father? Right. No. You know, do you no. spend time with your kids? Those things don't matter. It's how much money do you make and what's your job? Yeah. No, I would agree. Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially in a town like Dallas. It's brutal here. It really is, both for women and men. Uh, the competition is just ridiculous. But you have to let go of it and de- not give a shit about it. I can't believe I can say that because I'm in a podcast after the broadcast because um, <laughs> I love to swear, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I really but do. I, I'm just reading some statistics here, uh, Bernadette. It says nearly 800,000 people die by suicide in the world each year. Wow. Which is roughly one death every 40 seconds. So just while we've been on this podcast, there's been... Many deaths by suicide. Well, you know, we talk about food and nutrition all the time on this show. Do you think that there is a connection, a direct connection to what you eat and the increased rates in suicide? Totally. Totally. And yes, I think like we were talking about on the on the radio show that there's, uh, I think, too much uh, sugar in the diet, too much artificials, uh, too much pro-inflammatory oils. And that causes uh, imbalances in the brain. That causes uh, chemical imbalances, hormonal imbalances, and then atrophy of the brain, and then insufficient uh, cellular energy states in the brain where you just, 
you probably feel like I just can't move. I just can't get up. I just can't get one step in front, you know, one foot in front of the other. And Mm -hmm. that's part of it. You know, like you talked about exercise, just stepping out the door, starting your day, just creating something versus just sitting there thinking and being your own worst enemy. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, it's, it's a very complex subject. It is. And like you said, it affects so many people and their families. I have a, a couple of um, people that I know that are dealing with this and it's devastating for people you leave behind. You know, um, I remember talking to a prominent psychiatrist here in Dallas back about, I guess it was about eight years ago and I was in her office and, um, the reason I say prominent is not to be braggadocious. And I, it, she was, I was not actually seeing her. She was something that I was, um, she was a, co- a friend of a colleague, and I was talking to her, abs- and I asked her the question. It's so funny. I asked her the question about suicide. You know, how does suicide happen? And I said, why do people do it? And she said, and excuse my, because I'm about to use the F word, she said, it's the ultimate fuck you. I don't believe that. And I've never believed it. She's a trained psychiatrist, but I don't believe that. And I think there's different. And the reason I brought it up is I think there's different types of suicide. There's a selfish suicide. There's a broken heart suicide. There's a, uh, you know, a nutritional deficiency type of suicide. There's a, I've had a horrible childhood. I can't take it anymore. Because when you grow up with a horrible childhood, usually you don't, you end up in poverty unless you've got, um, some way or someone that, that pulls you out of that hole and, and gets you the help that you ultimately need to heal your heart and your mind. Would you agree? Yeah, and it's hard. Like, I mean, just think of a dog that's been kicked over right. and over and over and over. It's hard to just undo that, to unlearn that when that's become, like, basically who you are. And it's hard to not be insecure. It's, not, it's hard to, to not have emotional deficiencies, Mm-hmm. In relationships, because you're so guarded now because of abuse and pain, and you can't be as open. Yeah. You can't bear your heart as much, and, and sometimes things are more difficult, and you're scared that if you do share with someone that they're going to destroy you. Yeah. That you can't go through this one more time. Yeah. And I think we all have thoughts like that, but, you know, um, I say screw people like that and be yourself and put your trust in your you know, your compassion, your empathy out there and, and let it go. Because at the end of the day, I mean, that's their problem, not yours. If somebody's going to be an evil asshole and take the personal information that you were, you were kind enough and generous enough to share with them and they do something with it that they're not supposed to, screw that person and continue being you. That's what I say. I agree. I so. agree. Uh, by the way, the, the suicide hotline uh, one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, which is the Logic song. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know Logic, the rapper, but mm-hmm. uh, it's really cool that he made a song about uh suicide that was really cool. Where it kind of goes through this progression in the song, where um he starts out wanting to die, and then he finds a reason to be alive and now he really wants to be alive and it's actually really cool to follow the song lyrically as it progresses so yeah 
Um, well, you know, and, and I, I've loved having this conversation with you. I really have. Uh, you. The, the, the book that I was talking about is called The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. It's a famous mm, book. Okay. And she talks about her depression and, and does commit suicide in the book. And what's I, a couple years later, she actually committed suicide. And it was another book, like I said, I was reading in where it said, I wish I could have talked to Sylvia Plath. And for anyone listening to this broadcast or this podcast today after the broadcast, you know, my personal message is to you, been there, thought about it, don't do it. You've got children, you've got the future, there's tomorrow. I wouldn't be on this mic today had I decided to throw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel because life is beautiful and there are a lot of wonderful people out there. I'll let you end the podcast. What do you want to say, Sean? I agree. It's all about finding your why. And I know that this stuff, the reason I'm talking about this is so I can deal with it, get over with it, help more people from it. And that is my why is to help people. And the more I continue to help people, the better I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. It's it's very selfish in that way to help yeah. people because I, because I am an empath, I connect deeply with people and I take joy away from helping them. And it just makes me feel better about myself. So... I, I, I had one more thought. Yeah. Is forgiveness. If someone has Huge. hurt you, forgive them, pray for them, send them positive energy, and know that they probably didn't mean to hurt you as well. They're hurting themselves. Absolutely. Right? 100%. That's, so. that's totally profound Amen. thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's been great recording this with you. Thank you. We'll have to do some more uh, in the future. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, hang in there. Life can be great. 